guys, welcome back. This is Crystal. And I'm Elle. And this is Alternative Interest, and I think we're on episode seven now. Wow. We're, yeah. going, we're going hard, long. Yeah. What? Doing good. So, first things first, we actually took the hairs test, and we wanted to share our scores. Gosh, it didn't get as high as I wanted to. I didn't think you would. Gosh. So now you can't call yourself a psychopath. Dang it! <laughs> I was so excited. Um, she thinks too highly of me. Apparently. <laughs> or you think too low of yourself, which is actually probably more accurate. But... A. <laughs> which is actually one of the questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I scored an eight. Which I'm not surprised. She's, like, borderline perfect. I'm so. perfect. I'm boring. I'm so boring, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and Elle got a 14. Because I'm almost psycho. <laughs> yeah. 14 out of 30? You are nowhere near. I'm half. Almost. I'm one close to half way there. Right, but out of a 40-point uh, scale, Oh, never mind. Is, yeah, 40 is the most points you could get, and 30 is the cutoff for... Where they think you're a psychopath, so you're like nowhere near it. Dang it. Ha ha. Look. That's right. Um, So today is actually a request from someone from the one of the Facebook groups I'm in. And so Suzanne Robertson, this is for you. Today we are going to talk about Randy Roth. So this, and I, I swear we're actually not trying to cover all Pacific Northwest cases. This is just, it was a Pacific Northwest true crime group. And um, so it's, it's a Pacific Northwest case. And we are going back to 1991. Way so back. It is. It's uh, actually about two months after I was born. What? Long time ago. Wow. I wasn't even thought of at that yeah. point. <laughs> so July 23rd, 1991 was an unusually warm day for Washington. Anybody who knows anything about Washington weather knows that it's really humid here in the summer. And so when it gets above, like, the mid-80s, it gets really yucky. And... I love it. I don't I don't like that muggy feeling we get when it gets really warm. But I was in Utah where it was super dry and not muggy. Oh, yeah. And then coming back here, I'm like, give me all the mug. <laughs> well, it also hasn't gotten that warm since you've been back. So True. let's but see how me, you feel in, like, a month. Give me all the mug. All the mug. <laughs> Um, so this day, July 23rd, 1991, it was actually 99 degrees, which... Oh, okay, that's too hot. Yeah, it's ungodly hot, <laughs> especially for Washington. It's godly hot for anyone. Yeah, well, huh. Well, in Washington, when it gets over 70, we start going out to play in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just, like, more of a... Between 50 and, like, 60, 65 degrees is my perfect... Yeah. Weather. That's 99 it. is not in that range. No. Mm-mm. Get out of here. <laughs> because it was 99 degrees, that means people are out and about trying to keep cool, which means lakes and rivers are absolutely packed with people. Gross. Yeah, there's a lot of people. Um, and actually, this story begins at Lake Sammamish. <gasps> Yay. Well, kind of. I mean, we used to go there all the time yeah. for like boating trips when we were kids but yeah 
that's that's why I said yay. But well, now I'm sad because you're gonna tell me something horrible happened there. <laughs> not anything out of the norm. It's normal summer stuff. But <laughs> for anyone who is thinking that this Lake Sammamish sounds familiar, this is actually where Ted Bundy abducted two women on one day in 1974. So good old Ted. Story's already ruined because Teddy <laughs> ruined it for us. Teddy ruined everything. <laughs> So, anyway, in the early evening of July 23rd, Detective Sue Peters responded to a report of a drowning at Lake Sammamish. Like I said, it's kind of a normal thing to happen because you're in the water, water sports, drowning, unfortunately, it happens. The victim was a woman named Cynthia Roth. Cynthia's husband, Randolph, and I'm actually going to call him Randy from here on out, but I just thought it was funny that his name is Randolph. It kind of sounds like Gandalf. (laughs) I know people are actually named Randolph, but still, every time I hear the name, I think of Gandalf. I don't know. I I think I honed in on that one because I hear Randall more often than Randolph, and it was just kind of weird to me that, like, he was named Randolph. There's just something about, like, that name that... Randolph. <laughs> You're over here like, I was thinking like Randall or something. I'm over here thinking Gandalf. <laughs> you can tell who the nerd is. In the I nerd. was just thinking that. <laughs> so Randy explained that there was a tragic accident where he and his wife had been out on a raft on the lake when their raft had been flipped over by the wake from a boat um, she, accident. Well, right now it's still an accident. No, no quotes, accident. <laughs> and she struggled and she had drowned when they were attempting to get back into the raft. And what's really important about his statement is he told, he tried to make himself a victim and he told investigators he was just too weak and he couldn't save his wife. So like he's playing the, your eyes twitching. <laughs> it's right to twitch. <laughs> But it's it's that poor me kind of mentality. That, no. Like, I tried so hard, feel bad for me, because I just couldn't save my life. Like, that kind of thing. You. Yes. That's gross. So, um, I just want to throw in there, because there's really no good place to put this in, that their raft was 11 feet. It, it was 11-foot raft. It's a pretty decent-sized raft. Like, what kind of raft was it? Because I'm thinking the blow-up ones. It, it was. It was an inflatable raft. The, they were just out... In the water on an inflatable... Uh, nope, can't say it. Raft. Inflatable <laughs> raft, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that's that's kind of normal if you've ever been out. Especially, I mean, I don't know how normal it was back then, but today if you go out to any kind of lake, it's pretty normal to have people out on like floaties and stuff with like a cooler with them in the water and just hanging out, floating on the lake all day. Yeah, I mean, I get that, but... I feel like when I th- picture boat, I picture either, like, a boat or, like, a canoe, not, like, an inflatable... That's that's why I keep calling it a raft. It's not a boat, it's a raft. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't find a picture of it, but, like, kind of what I was thinking is one of those, like, rectangle-shaped ones that has, like, barely a lip on it. Yeah. I don't know. I was picturing the ones, like, the life ones on no. the big boats. Okay. No. You say inflatable raft and that's what i think of you'll you'll hear you'll kind of understand why i think of it this way because of something that happens later okay so sue peters was the lead detective on the case and within the first week she started seeing some really weird things about this accident Mm. 
first, accident. Yes, now we can start putting quotes around it because St. <laughs> Peter's is getting concerned. First of all, people described Cynthia as a strong swimmer. If she was a strong swimmer, how did something as simple as being flipped off a raft make her drown? The next part that was weird is, is actually a little more alarming. Peters talked to lifeguards that were on duty, and they said, so, the way Lake Sammamish works, and I don't know if all lakes are this way, but I know Lake Sammamish because I've been there so many times, the the swimming area is uh, buoyed off, and you're actually not allowed to have any sort of floaties in the swimming area. Okay. So, what happened was, the lifeguard said that Randy was rowing back um, to the beach. He was rowing back into the swimming area. So of course the lifeguards are like, Hey, Hey, you can't come here. Stop it. Randy was rowing back slowly and he wasn't calling for help. Excuse me? Yeah. No. What? So you've got all these lifeguards like shouting at you like, Hey, Hey, get out of here. You can't be here. You've got your unconscious wife on this raft and you're not going to say anything. You're just going to paddle slowly ignoring all the people shouting at you okay i mean that's not normal that's yeah that's what the detective was thinking and yeah so when he got on the beach with his rowboat lifeguards obviously could see that something was wrong while lifeguards were trying to revive his wife randy calmly deflated the raft and rolled it up what? So that's that's the little point that makes me think it's one of those plain... Um, plain Jane little things? Like rectangle ones, because those are really easy to um, to deflate and just like fold up and roll up. So wait, he brought her to shore? Yes. Sorry, my mind went back to this. But he wasn't strong enough to save her. So he wasn't strong enough to save her before she drowned. So when she was obviously able to help him swim her back to the raft and help, like, hold her own body weight to the raft, he couldn't help her. But when she's just, you know, dead, what is it, like, let's say, like, 130 pounds or something, he can totally swim that up on the raft and throw it. That sounds like it'd be harder. Right? Really hard for someone who's not a good swimmer, right? (sighs) Okay. Detectives hone in on that later on in the story. Whatever. But there's also a really big problem with a husband who is completely ignoring all the people working on his wife so that he can deflate his raft and fold it up so that he can, you know, put it away. This guy seems just very nonchalant psycho. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, emotionally detached is what people described him as. Yeah, I mean, people take grief in different ways. Right, but at the time, his wife was just unconscious. She wasn't dead yet. Okay. So, it's not even grief. He should still kind of be in a panic mode right now. Yeah. And he's not. True. Maybe he's just like, she's just sleeping. (laughs) He's a bad husband, that's what he is. Um, So, meanwhile... After this conversation with the lifeguards the week following, there's actually more calls coming in, and they were generating more and more leads for the police. Mm -hmm. 
police received a very cryptic call and the caller, all they said was that Roth had another wife that died mysteriously, but they didn't give any details. They didn't give this so-called wife's name. They didn't say what happened. They just called and said, Randy Roth had another wife that died mysteriously. Click. It's like not ominous at all. That's weird. Did they run with it? Well, kind of. Around the same time this one came in, another really cryptic call came in that said, hey, Randy Roth's former best friend is this guy named Bricado. Click. What? Yeah, just these two really cryptic clues, but police are like, let's follow up with them. So they followed up on the first one. They found out that Randy was married to a woman named Janice Miranda Roth. And she did indeed die. In 1981, 10 years before this accident, she had actually died in her own tragic accident by falling off Beacon Rock in Skamania County while she and Randy were hiking. Oh, mysteriously fell. Yep. Wow, just like this mysterious drowning. Yep. So they also followed up on the second weird clue that came in and they tracked down a man named Tim Bracato and they learned that yes he was Randy's ex-best friend and they learned that Randy had staged a home burglary in 1988 in an insurance fraud scheme so Randy's just looking better and better he's just a stand-up guy (laughs) so now I mean phone calls are pouring in about this guy yeah Another phone call came in on July 29th, so this is six days after the drowning. And this came from Randy's co-worker named Stacy Reese. Stacy said that Randy was talking about being free of his wife the day before the accident. What? So this is another one of those examples of like people that witness people saying some really weird shady shit. And then not doing anything about it. Which is not okay. Like, if my coworker comes to me tomorrow and says, you know, I'm going to be free of my wife tomorrow, I'm going to be asking some questions. Like, oh, really? What are you guys is, doing? Is she going on vacation? Do you mean free as in you get to live the bachelor life for, like, a week while they're gone? Or are you guys getting divorced? I'm so sorry. Like, nice. I'm going to be asking more questions. <laughs> I'm a nosy bitch. <laughs> Just making sure that <laughs> nobody ends up dead, too, you know. You know, um, asking questions is good. Asking questions is great. I mean, sometimes being nosy isn't too bad. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, toe the line. Yeah. So, police contacted the Skamania County detectives that had investigated Janice's fall. And those detectives sent their investigation files to Sue Peters. On January 31st, police managed to track down Cynthia's best friend, Lori Baker. And Lori mentioned in passing that she thought Cynthia had a will. So now police's ears are perking up a little bit more because if somebody has a will, like you need to get working on uh, executing that. Yeah. It's not a huge deal that people have wills. It's actually a really smart thing. But the fact that they're hearing about it now gives them just another thing to look for. 
So I'm actually going to take a break right here and I'm going to tell you a little bit about Randy and Cynthia's history. So Randy got divorced from his third wife in September of 1985. Third. If you're counting, that makes Cynthia his fourth wife. Wait, what? Yes. Fourth? Yep. Oh, so that's not counting four. Did the other three die? Only the second wife died. So Janice was the second wife. Okay. So going into more history, his third wife was named Donna. And Randy and Donna had only been married for four months when Donna abruptly filed for divorce and left Randy. Good on her. So Randy, after this divorce, Randy spent a few years in and out of a couple relationships and in and out of a couple jobs between 1985 and 1990. And it was during this time period that his home was burglarized and he lost $57,000 worth of items from his home. Okay. And Randy met Cynthia in the spring of 1990 and they were married on August 3rd, 1990. So again, Moving really fast. Yeah. Oh, we were just talking about that. With the whole relationship moving really fast thing. Psychopath stuff. Yes. Wow. Okay. One of the questions on the Harris test talks about if you are prone to a lot of serious relationships. And this guy would score a two. (laughs) Big fat two. (laughs) So... Cynthia, when they met, Cynthia Cynthia was actually um, a mother of two from her previous marriage. I think her previous husband, Tim, actually passed away. Okay. So, Randy got a settlement from his burglary after they were married. And the insurance company was actually suing him because they thought that this whole burglary was a fraud. Hmm. I would think it was, too. So, if you remember, he lost $57,000 worth of items. They settled for a little over the 28500 which is just over half. So, they settled for just over half of what he claimed witnessing. Okay. So, Randy and Cynthia took out life insurance policies in January 1991. And in July 23rd, 1991 that's when Cynthia died and they'd been married for less than a year what so those freaking life insurance policies I'm sorry don't put your spouse put your freaking mother or something well no somebody you actually trust (laughs) well we're gonna hear more about the life insurance policies because they actually tracked down his life insurance agent (sighs) that's later on in the story you're gonna love it life insurance So, remember Cynthia's best friend, Lori, mentioned that she thought Cynthia had a will, and that was on July 31st. Yeah. On August 1st, so the next day, police actually found the will in public records, and it named Lori as her executor and the guardian of her two children. Woohoo. Well, think about that for a second. She has a will, and she's making her friend the guardian of her children, not her husband. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's just a little little thing in there that's kind of a red flag that something may have been wrong. Just maybe. Not the fact that everything else probably was there. You Did her friend know? Yes. So actually, um, 
that was uh, the next thing on my in my notes. Oh. The same day, so they found the will on August 1st. Also on August 1st, police asked Randy about the will, and he claimed Cynthia didn't have a will. He said that he and Cynthia and Lori had all been present together in this casual conversation where Cynthia had said she does not have a will. Interesting. Lori knew about the will, and Lori knew that she was executor. I mean, good on her. Yes. So, meanwhile, Lori had actually been working on getting access to Cynthia's bank deposit box, which is harder. Like, she's the executor of the will, so she has rights to it, but it takes a little bit longer. Unfortunately, by the time she got to this bank deposit box, it was empty. What? Can that happen? It can, if Randy accessed the box two days after his wife died. What? And remember Randy said that Cynthia didn't have a will? Oh, gosh. Her will was in the bank deposit box. Fudge. Fudge. Along with um, some jewelry from her late husband, but the will is what we're really focusing on here. Yeah. Because he said that she didn't have one, and he knows damn well she has one. Now is when we get to talk about the life insurance agent. So the life insurance agent was named Bruce Tim, and Bruce told the police details about the Roth's insurance policies. So Cynthia and Randy had taken out $250,000 worth of policies. I don't know much about life insurance. I don't know what a hefty amount is, but this is 1991 we're talking about. Yeah. I feel like that was quite a bit of money back then, but it could have been normal. I have no idea. I mean, normally people take out like a decent chunk of money for life insurance yeah i just i don't know how much is considered a lot i mean i have a life insurance policy i don't even know how much it's for they gave it with work i don't know yeah in addition to this one that cynthia and randy had taken out cynthia actually already had one and hers was worth $115,000 this is one she already had before they got married Mm -hmm. randy had changed that to name himself as the beneficiary. Can he do that? He can. Interesting. There's, I mean, there's certain laws and stuff that go with it, and Cynthia may have been present for it, or it may have been shady, but I know there are ways to change who the beneficiaries are. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know all the logistics of what's legally required for that. It could be a waiver form that Cynthia signs. Cynthia with quotes because Randy could have forged her signature. But no matter how it happened, he changed her beneficiary to Randy for that $115,000 policy. Who was it before? It does not say. It doesn't say. It was probably her kids. Yeah. Um, That's smart. And in addition to this, Randy took a third policy out for Cynthia for $20,000. What? If you have three policies on you for life insurance, I'd start getting concerned. Actually, I'd get concerned slightly at two. Yeah. Well, so a joint one makes sense if they're married, and he, I'm devil's advocate, he may not have known about the first one until after he took out the second one, and then he changed the beneficiaries. I'm not saying that's how it happened, because I highly doubt it, but then he took out a third one. And if we do a little bit of math, that's $385,000 worth of life insurance policies for this one woman. See, that's too much. It's a lot. It's too much. So, police did a little bit of double-checking after they talked with Bruce, and Randy's policy, with all the changes he made to Cynthia's policies, 
Randy's policy did not name Cynthia as his beneficiary. Who was his? It didn't say, but it, that's a little concerning that you would change your wife's to be you, but you don't change yours to be your wife. This guy. He's not subtle. No, he isn't. I would at least put... I'm sorry, this sounds horrible, but if I was going to plan to murder my spouse, I would at least, and put take all this money on them to get their life insurance, I'd at least put my life insurance in their name to slightly cover it up. Nobody take that idea. Nobody kill your spouse for life insurance money. It's sketch. Okay, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Legal advice from alternative interest guys. <laughs> Okay, so along with me and you being sketched out, police are definitely suspicious now. So Now they're suspicious? Well, they've been suspicious, <laughs> but all this, I mean, when you get life insurance involved, it, it cranks it up a notch. So on August 5th, they actually try to recreate the accident, and they could not get the raft to flip over. Yeah, okay. See, that makes sense, because you said the little lip. Those ones aren't like, I don't know. And if it's a floaty, you could just like... Roll back onto it. You don't even have to flip it. Yeah, with the size of the raft, and it was an 11-foot raft, it's a pretty good-sized raft. They tried to recreate what Randy said is that a boat wake is what caused them to flip. So that's what they were trying to recreate, and they could not get the raft to flip. Hmm. So okay. that's fun. I mean, understandable that it couldn't flip. Yeah, because it probably never flipped. Probably didn't. So detectives released a request in the media for witnesses to come forward, and they got more calls. They got, like, dozens of calls again. One of them came from a woman who was actually a witness from that day, and she said she was certain the raft had not flipped. Okay. I don't, I don't know how she knew. Like, I don't know how far into the lake they were, because Lake Sammamish is yeah, huge. gigantic. I don't know if she was on a boat and she never saw them flip. Or, for some reason, this woman is certain that the raft did not flip. Uh Uh-huh. Wait, did they get, like, an autopsy of, like, the body? Well, she drowned. Well, yeah, but, like... I never saw anything that said autopsy, but, I mean, a drowning's a drowning. It doesn't matter how you're drowned, it's gonna show up as a drowning. Okay. So, like, there's no dispute that this woman drowned. Hmm. So, in September, after receiving... After the first test, so they did that first test, they couldn't get the raft to flip. And then after getting this tip from this woman saying that she was certain the raft didn't flip, they actually tried to do another test. So witnesses from that day on the beach said that when Randy had been rowing to shore, there were actually some items on the raft. Mm -hmm. They didn't say what the items were, but personal items. Okay. So they wanted to test... What they wanted to test is if they could get the raft to flip. So what they were going to do is they were going to force the raft to flip, essentially. Mm -hmm. Could Randy have had time to swim and save his wife and also gather the items before they sink? And there's no way. I was going to say that there's no way. There's no way. And I don't, they never say what it was, but obviously the stuff was stuff that sank. So, I mean, he could have had a cooler, but coolers usually float most shoes float, so I don't know what he had on the raft. It could have been well, food like, items. Yeah, or like, I don't know, wallet, um, yeah. keys. Yeah. Your keys would freaking sink to they the bottom. They would definitely sink. So that was what they were trying to test, is if Randy could have possibly had enough time to save his wife, drag her into the back into the raft, so flip the raft back over, 
drag his wife into the raft and also gather up all these items and they they could not figure out how he would have gotten his wife into the raft and not lost the items if the raft had flipped. So Okay. That raft never flipped. Yeah. It's okay, I didn't think it flipped anyway. <laughs> so what also kind of stuck out to me is what what idiot is say the raft did flip. And his wife is in the water, obviously unconscious because, like, she's drowned by this point. What person is going to drag that unconscious woman into the raft and then stop and take time to grab all the items? Or grab all the items first and then grab their unconscious wife. So, like, that alone, like, the fact that he even had items when he claimed the raft flip, that alone is enough for me to be, like, looking at him a little funny. So, there's a little bit more about Randy and Cynthia that I didn't tell you. Oh. We're going to go into it right now. More. Lovely. Oh, this is great. More to reasons to hate this guy. So, on October 9th, police actually obtained a search warrant for Randy's house. And when they were looking through a just random pile of junk, one of the officers happened to see this crumpled up piece of paper. Later on, he actually says he has no idea why he decided to open it up and look at it because it literally looked like a piece of garbage. But <laughs> but he opened it, and the first thing he saw at the top of this page was Randy hates Cindy. What? The words, Randy hates Cindy. And that's when he opened it up, and he was like, oh shit, I got something here. Wait, where did he find this? It was in a drawer in the house. And do you want to know what else was in the drawer? What? Newspaper clippings from his second wife's accident. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. This guy is like bottom of the garbage can scum. <laughs> like you know that gross yeah. goop in the bottom of a garbage yeah, can. You, you like never want to clean it dumpster. because it's so disgusting. Yeah, that's yeah. what he is. <laughs> so this note it started with the words "Randy hates Cindy," and. It goes on to name, it's, Cindy wrote this, it was in this weird kind of third person kind of writing, and it was called a poem in some places, I don't think it was a poem, I think it was just a list, but it listed 44 things that Randy hates. What? Things like Randy hates Cindy's house, Randy hates Cindy's ugly toes, Randy hates Cindy's food choices, Randy hates Cindy's money. Uh, 44 items. Wait, and she wrote that? Yes. That's why I'm saying it's written in a weird, like, third person kind of thing, which is why I think some people called it a poem because of the way it was written, but only one article called it a poem everywhere else, just called it a note. Oh, okay. That's really weird. I mean... And also sad. Yeah. How, How upset does this woman have to be to write down... 44 things. If you're writing 44 things that your spouse hates about you. If you're writing one thing your spouse hates about you, let's be honest. I mean, there's some things I hate about any living thing. <laughs> but but it shouldn't get to the point where you're listing your spouse, it. Yeah. Where you feel so upset about this that you're writing it down. In third person. Yeah. So, I mean, slightly therapeutic, but like, come on. Yeah. How long so, were they married for? Less than a year. Less than a year. So, in the note, in addition to this list of 44 things, the note also talked about 
like little narrative stuff. So one mm-hmm. of the things it talked about was how much Randy loved going shopping and how often he would go shopping alone. But then he would also get angry at Cynthia for spending too much money or buying groceries, quote unquote, too often. What? Yeah, that one, I don't know. Buying groceries too often. I get mad when people don't buy groceries often, often enough. enough. <laughs> I love food. Apparently Randy does not like food. I don't know. But I don't know. If, if there's always double standards, that's like one of the biggest red flags for me. Mm-hmm. You gotta turn around, run the other way. I don't care. Married or not. Grab the kids. Just go. Uh, well, I got, I think a couple places actually mentioned that Cynthia didn't work. She was a homemaker. And so I don't know if she was stuck. Like the fact that Randy had a job, she didn't have a job. She didn't have anywhere to go. Oh, no. So I feel like she, she was kind of stuck. You, good support systems. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody needs. And if you don't have one, find one. Because yeah. people shouldn't have to deal with it. So, now that we are sufficiently sketched out about Randy... Yeah, just, you know... Let's learn some fast facts about Randy so we can hate him even more. Bottom of the garbage can scum. (laughs) So, Randy was born December 26, 1954, which means he was 36 when Cynthia's accident happened. He joined the Marine Corps Reserve when he was young. Like, right after high school, he joined. And he actually ended up stationed in Okinawa... Ooh, fun. His mother and his father divorced when he was younger, and his mom was living off welfare. I didn't quite get an idea of why, because it was really quick. They just mentioned she was on welfare. And I guess she wrote a letter asking for him. It's called a, um, what's it called? It's called a hardship discharge, and I kind of looked up what it was. It's basically a way for you to be discharged from the army or not the army, any military, if you can prove that there's some reason you need to be home. So, like, if his mom was in a really bad accident and needs someone to care for her, that could qualify him for a hardship discharge. Okay. So she wrote a letter asking for a hardship discharge, and it was initially declined, but then Randy actually got in a fight with a Japanese local where he was hit in the face with a pipe, and it shattered his cheekbone, and then his hardship discharge was approved. Well, I mean, understandable well, now. I, I don't know if the two incidents are related, but Probably there was are. a website that showed, like, a really thorough timeline of Randy's life, and it, it kind of made a point to put that fight in there. He probably did it on purpose. I would not doubt it because he was not happy. So I didn't put it in my notes, but actually Randy was trying to live out this fantasy of his. There was a movie star and a specific character played in a movie. And I don't remember what movie it was, but this character was this badass military man. That's why he joined the Marines. I rolls. He, he was upset because he wanted to be like in combat and he learned how to be a clerk. So the military was not what he thought it was going to be, and he was just not happy with it. So it would not surprise me if he was trying to manufacture ways for him to get discharged so he wouldn't have to be there anymore. Yeah. What's scum? Yes. So when Randy was granted his hardship discharge, he actually came home. He got engaged to a woman named Terry. 
And Terry's parents actually let Randy live in an empty house that they were planning on selling. Terry found out that Randy had another woman living in the house with him. Oh. So she broke off the engagement. Good on her. Kick him out. Randy ended up marrying this woman. Her name was Donna. Oh, God. And a few months after Terry broke off the engagement, Terry's parents' home was actually burglarized. What? Terry called the police and was like, it's Randy. Right there. His fault. She also ratted him out for this robbery that happened at a service station a few years before. And ultimately, charges were dropped. Randy only spent a week in jail. Wait. Charges were dropped? They charged him. For the burglary of her parents' house and the robbery of the service station. Yeah. But they dropped all the charges and he only spent a week in jail. Why? Insufficient evidence? Too lazy? I don't know. Okay. Fine. So Randy and Donna, the woman that was living in the house, got married and they had a son. Oh no, this guy had a spawn somewhere. Yeah. Well, inexplicably, Randy divorced Donna. Just no reason. He divorced her. Okay. So after Randy divorced Donna, he met Janice Miranda in a divorced single parents group. They were married within a year of meeting and they were married in March 1981. In September 1981, Randy and Janice took out $100,000 of life insurance, which was going to take effect on November 7th. I'm not sure why it didn't take effect immediately. Could be a normal thing, I'm not sure, but it was supposed to take effect in two months. So, on November 27th, Janice died from falling off Beacon Rock while they were hiking. Wait, in November? I mean, I guess that makes sense, never mind. November 7th was the day the life insurance took effect. November 27th is the day Janice died. What? Yep. Oh. Okay. Conveniently, there were no other witnesses. Conveniently. Yep. Because they're freaking hiking all the way in late November. Yep. November 28th, the day after the accident, Randy called his insurance agent to file the insurance claim. He, he just like doesn't skip a beat. He's like on top of it. Yep. So Randy claimed survivor benefits for Janice's son, I guess. For some reason, he had custody of her son, but not the daughter. He should never have custody of any child. Well, he got survivor's benefits. Oh my god. So then, Randy's third wife, Donna, um, is actually another Donna. He just... All Donnas beware. (laughs) Um, his marriage to this woman was only four months long. And she actually told people, remember I said that she really abruptly divorced divorced him? him. She told people that they had been out on this river raft excursion, and Donna felt like Randy was deliberately trying to steer the boat into rocks. And it scared her so much she divorced him. I would too. I would too. So after that divorce, Randy started dating this woman named Mary Jo Phillip. And they got engaged, and after they got engaged, she actually shared with Randy that she had previously had cancer, but she was treated. Mm -hmm. Cancer makes you, a history of cancer, like having cancer, makes you ineligible for life insurance. (gasps) And so he broke up with her. Yep. Oh! That is so messed up. 
So then... I mean, her life has got probably saved, so she yeah. survived multiple yeah. things. So, um, after Cynthia's death, Randy tried to double dip and claim survivor benefits for Janice's son again, even though he was already getting survivor benefits for him. What? Yep. Did it, like, get red flagged or something? They did. They okay. caught it and they didn't give it to him. Good. They were like dude, you're already getting survivor benefits, and this wasn't even her son. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this one, the, actually, uh, fun fact, Randy's younger brother, David, was convicted of murdering a woman. What? Yep. Oh, his whole family. That, it was actually, it's, it's sad, so this... Oh, no, okay. This woman is actually still unidentified to this day. Oh. Because... David told people that it was a woman who was hitchhiking that he picked up. Mm -hmm. She didn't have any identification on her, and he never asked her name. Oh. So he couldn't tell anyone a name, or he claims he couldn't tell anyone a name. And so even now, she's still unidentified. That's sad. I did see an article from 2016 saying that they were hoping that with the influx of genealogy stuff going on they might mm -hmm. be able to at least identify her someday yeah but she's still not identified which is really sad that is sad he was sentenced to life in prison good he was paroled after 26 years crap and he actually died of cancer exactly 38 years to the day that he killed this woman good that yes. is karma right there doing its job so Randy's trial um, for his fourth wife lasted six weeks, and his defense team kept trying to get information thrown out. They didn't want the prosecution talking about his insurance fraud. Oh, because, you know, that isn't just key evidence that this man is psycho. They didn't want any information about the burglaries, and they didn't want any information about his second wife to be what i don't know i mean they claimed that because he was never investigated back then that it was irrelevant it is relevant yeah the the judge thought so too so they included it yes good good on the judge <laughs> so 100 witnesses over 100 witnesses testified good and remember that randy was saying he wasn't a very strong swimmer oh no well if he was in the military well, the military, that doesn't really Oh, wait, much. I'm thinking more Navy. Never mind. Don't they have to do, like, a swimming test? I don't know. I think they had to do a swimming test. It, it wouldn't surprise me if they had to. Okay, anyway, yeah. Anyway, they found a scuba trainer that trained what? Randy. And this scuba trainer described Randy as a very strong swimmer. Ugh, I can't. <laughs> so, again, eyewitnesses from the day of that accident said that Randy was paddling calmly to shore, he wasn't signaling for help, and he was acting really emotionally detached the entire time that everything was going on. Randy gave testimony for five days, and he was questioned for three days by prosecutors. Of course, prosecutors, when, they, you know, when they're questioning the defendant, they always try and trip him up and yeah. try and call him out on lies. Randy would claim that people misunderstood him. So if they said, 
that his, his story changed a bunch of times, he would say, oh, no, you guys misunderstood me. My story what? never changed. What? Or he would, it, when that didn't work, he would claim he didn't remember what they were talking about. Like, you, like, the prosecutor would ask, so you told us this story this day and this story that other day, and Randy would be like, I don't remember that other day. I don't remember that happening. He's... Are you sure we talked that day? What? Yep. No. You can't... What head bonk did this guy have? Head bonk. (laughs) (laughs) Did this guy have to make him think he can just play the dumb card? Well, when when the dumb card didn't work, he tried to say that other people weren't remembering things right. So with all these people who are saying, like, they saw his raft didn't flip or he was acting detached, he would say... They're remembering things wrong. I'm not remembering things wrong. Oh, like yeah. when their story didn't match his, they're like, they must be remembering wrong because I know my story's right. This is no. So his demeanor while he was being questioned was described as clinical and detached. The jury deliberated for eight and a half hours. Eight it took them eight and a half hours to figure out this guy. Well, he was actually he was charged on multiple things. He was oh. charged for murder in the first degree, okay. plus two different theft charges. So it's entirely possible that they were arguing about the theft charges. Mm, okay. But it took them eight and a half hours and it came back guilty on all charges. Good God. So Skamania County, where the second wife had died, actually said they were too poor to pursue Oh, and for the second, so no. so they came out with a statement, and they said that if Randy received more than fifty years, they would not pursue a case against him for the murder of his second wife. Okay, can they still like put him on there for it though? Well, they don't have the money to prosecute him. Dang it, is the thing. Okay, so they were basically saying, hey, if you tr- if you give him fifty years, we'll take that as justice for her too. Oh, that's so nice, though. So, he was sentenced to 50 years. Woohoo! And he will be eligible for parole in 2029. Crap. I was hoping you'd say, never. No, he'll be eligible for parole in 2029, but he'll be 75 years old. 75? And then hopefully he gets cancer. Well, just because you're eligible for parole doesn't mean you get parole. Still hoping. Right. So I actually checked, and as of right now, today, he is in Stafford Creek Correction Center in Aberdeen, Washington. Do people hate him? I don't know. I hope they do. I don't know. You he know. Pro- he probably says it, it wasn't his fault. No, well, true. Hopefully. Because in prison, everyone's innocent, don't you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. They're all wrongly accused. But that's the story of Randy Roth and his four wives. Wow, he's a piece of garbage. Yeah. He's worse than garbage. Like I said, he's the goop at the bottom of the garbage can. Disgusting. It's so gross. <laughs> uh, well, that was a doozy. That was not fun. That made me mad. I hate that guy. Yeah. You said it was going to be a roller coaster, and it was. I'm feeling all the all the feels. Yep. Of anger. Anyway. So, thanks for the suggestion, Suzanne Robertson. That yeah. was actually really interesting to look into. That was, that was a great listen. I'm not gonna lie. I loved it. Well, thanks. You're welcome. You're really good at this. Okay. <laughs> Crystal is definitely better at the talking game than I am. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. And we will 
Catch you next time. Catch you next time.